And if you're listening to this right as it comes out, you should probably hit pause, go over to the Western States Endurance Run 100 YouTube channel, and watch that instead, because that is a much more interesting thing that is happening today. But if you choose to stick around or you're listening to it later, thank you so much. And let's get into some strategies for success in the long term when it comes to running. Welcome to the Trail and Ultra Running Training Podcast. My name is Will Franz, and I'm here to help you improve your training so you can have more fun out on the trails. Today, let's talk about what it takes to find long-term success in running, or in some ways, anything, really. Um, But specifically running, since that's what this group is about. Oh, a while ago I heard... David Roach say something like, success is a mistake of the process. And there couldn't be anything more true than that about really anything, right? Like, success is a mistake of the process. Whenever you see someone find this, like, long-term success versus the, like, one-offs or quicks or the one-hit wonders, like, it is always because they had a better long-term process that they were following rather than like a very short-term strategy or tactic. I have trained uh, hundreds of people at this point and one of them recently with whom I'm I'm still working, um, he is an in-person client and he wanted to lose some weight. That was one of his goals and he, we talked about it, didn't really want to change a ton and he wanted to like make this a very long-term shift. He'd been struggling for a long time since an injury many, almost two decades ago, and he wanted to make some changes long-term to his life. And three, four, I don't know, four months later, probably, he is down 40 pounds. He's leaner. He really enjoys fitness. Things have changed a lot. And that is because, like, he still goes out and does his, like, weekly billiards night where he drinks probably more beer than a person should, but I understand. (laughs) Like, it needs to fit into your life. We see this in running, too. Courtney DeWalter notoriously loves the training. She loves to go out there and run. Killian wrote an entire book about how much he just loves the mountains and loves being out there, and he gets... Jesus, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of zone one training just because he likes being out and hiking and and being in the mountains and going through alpinism and all of that. You have to love the process or at the very least not hate it in order to find the long-term success that you're looking for. When we look at any of the really successful people, the couple traits that tend to go along One is genetics, right? They tend to be genetically predispositioned or mentally predispositioned to be successful at whatever they're trying to do. So if you look at, I mean, let's take a completely different realm, Warren Buffett, like he has an eye for these patterns in the stock market. Um, If you look at Michael Phelps, like there has never been a human probably better built for swimming than Michael Phelps. He looks like the caricature of a merman. Right. Um, I've trained someone who got to the top of Mount Everest and he is has a disproportionately high adaptability for altitude. 
when he climbed Aconcagua many years ago, this is before I met him, he called it fine. Like he's like, it's a 22,000 foot, I think, mountain in South America. And he's like, yeah, hey, it wasn't that bad. It was okay. It was fun. It wasn't hard. Um, whereas I've talked to other people who climb Kilimanjaro, that's like 19,000 feet, and they get offended if you compare it to a 14er. So if someone has this very high like hemoglobin hematocrit rate and they just don't find altitude all that difficult, then they're going to be a little more predispositioned to be an alpinist, right? So you are going to have some genetic advantage for something. And if you find that, then that might be a thing you can pursue. For me, mine would be deadlifting. Very honestly, if we're going to take a physical activity, my arms are very long compared to my uh, lower leg or tibia length. And I'm pretty strong and I build muscle pretty quickly. It's not running. Unfortunately, I don't want to compete in deadlifting. I like running and I like like doing stuff outside. So sometimes the thing that you were genetically predispositioned to do doesn't align with your heart, and that's okay. Um, the other aspect is that these like highly successful people also just love the things they need to do to be successful in their goals. If you hate running, it doesn't matter how much you want to be a champion runner or how much grit you have. As soon as something wriggles into the cracks, you just won't do what you need to do to get there, because building endurance can take a couple decades. So if you don't really enjoy this activity, then you probably aren't going to get where you want to go. You have to commit to the process to actually find success in what you're doing. And at the very least, like you have to not hate the process, right? Like ideally you love it. Ideally we're all Killian and we love the mountains and we just go out running in them forever. But even if that's not true, it can't be an activity you hate. I'm not saying you have to enjoy every piece of it either. Most of us aren't going to necessarily enjoy VO2 max intervals. Most of us might not enjoy our strength training, but we have to not hate it so that we can get to do the other thing. Now, when I see a lot of people and talk to them and like go through whatever, like I... I notice that, and I've been guilty of this in the past for other things, right? Like, I don't necessarily want to do the work to see the improvements that I want. And I often talk to people that seem like they, they want to be told that what they're doing is the right stuff, and if they keep doing it, then they will eventually get where they want to go. But I can say, like, if you have been trying the same stuff for months or years and not seeing the progress that you want then you probably have to change your strategy. I think of multiple people I train who are in, like, various weekly run groups, right? Like, some people I know have these, like, three different weekly run groups with whom they go and enjoy a track and then a trail run and whatever. And they don't want to stop those run groups, even though they may be training for an entirely different goals. That is fine. You don't have to stop your run groups. However, you might need to readjust your goals and realize that the reason you enjoy running is more because it is an activity of community where you get to do it with your friends or you get to be out there and not because of the training process. If your run group is like track centric, 
and they are training to improve for 5K, and you're in the final two months towards an ultra, you probably aren't going to join them on very many workouts. You can go, you can go be with them, you can go like hang out afterwards, but as far as like the actual workout structure, it doesn't make sense for you to join a 5K if you're in the final two months training for a 50 miler. It just doesn't fit. And if you love the run group and that's more important to you than running your best race, in quotes, then that is fine, but you might have to adjust your goals. That's okay. And I see a lot of people for this, like we have the conversation about strength training and it's like pulling teeth sometimes. <laughs> and honestly, strength training isn't necessary for some people. For most people, it is going to be a requirement at the very least as a corrective function to help like improve some of the movement imbalances you've built over the years. For others, it might be a necessity. Um, and for most people, I think it should just be, you know, a good idea as someone who wants to have muscle mass as they grow into old age, but that's an entirely different podcast of which I've talked about a lot from, right? Whereas I also talked to people on the, I had someone, this was many years ago, who came to me early in my coaching career, and I just probably wasn't a good enough coach yet. That's an aspect of it. But I also asked this human to in order to improve like a fat loss goal, they wanted to, I, I asked them to like walk 10 minutes a day, it was the entire thing. And it just didn't have time, right? And if we don't have time to do 10 minutes of something a day, then you either, you just don't have time for that goal. And that's okay. You don't want that goal badly enough because everything else in your life is more important. And if you don't have time or you don't actually want to make the changes that are needed to get to the goal, and that you don't change the goal, you're going to have a very rough reality check, and that will be a bad day. Right? So make sure that your goals align with the work that you actually want and are willing to do, because if it doesn't, it's going to be a really rough conversation with yourself down the line. And I think there's this, there's this quote, and I can't remember who it's from, but basically like, you will make the change when the pain of your current situation exceeds the pain of change. Because pain is hard. Like, change is hard. It is painful. It is frustrating. We need to learn new things and try new things. And like, new stuff is scary and difficult. So most of us are going to rely on the comfort of where we are, even if where we are just isn't that great. So... Most people aren't in enough pain to make the changes they need to make to get the results that they want to get. And I've been there so many times. I think most of us have. If you're honest with yourself, you've probably been there some, at some point. And I often see this. I often do this, right? Like I say, I hate getting injured. And I just don't do the mild rehab stuff I need to do to prevent some of the injuries or tweaks or niggles that I have from years of being an idiot. Um, because I find them boring. I don't like to be bored. Most of us don't like to be bored. Most of us like to suffer more than we like to be bored. So the boring work is really difficult. And for me, 
doing a lot of the work I would need to do to like completely fix my ankle or prevent the damage to my knees is very boring because it's a lot of stretching and like mobility stuff and I just hate it. So I do it for a long time when I'm in pain and then as soon as the pain goes away, I stop doing it and then the pain comes back. And I'm not saying I would need to do some of this stuff forever, but I probably need to do it long enough past the actual pain stopping to create a permanent change. And this is true for a lot of people. Like, if you hate strength training enough that you just aren't going to do it, but you have this persistent injury, then that injury probably is not going to go away unless you're willing to do the strength, strength training. Same with food. If you constantly have gut issues and you aren't willing to, like, play with your food and adjust it and tweak different amounts, then your gut issues are probably going to be pretty persistent. You see the same with hydration. If you are constantly dehydrated, like we need to do a sweat test. If you're not going to do a sweat test, then you're not going to get there. Sometimes you need to do work that's a little boring or that you don't actually want to do in order to get the goals you want to get. But unfortunately, most of us are going to chase the like next fancy thing instead of doing the basics. And that is because most of us as humans, just don't want to be patient. And some of us, even those of us who like are patient, hate it. <laughs> I heard someone, I think I've said this before, but I heard um, Alex Hermosi talking about something his wife said to him. And he's like, I'm just so impatient. She's like, no, you're patient. You just hate it. And I think that's a lot of us. Like if anybody in the endurance space, any of us in this like long-term persistence change space, then um, we have the patience, right? Like we put in the work, we spend the time, we do the, we go through the process, we do all the stuff. And a lot of us are pretty patient. It's just unpleasant. I hate being patient. I just am a lot of the time. And this is why like faster is a thing that sells. If you ever talk to someone about sales, one of the easiest things to sell someone is faster. Um, if you can make the time delay, just look at Amazon, right? Like if you can make the time delay shorter, then you will do better. Amazon is what a multi-trillion dollar company built on the basic idea that we can get you shipped to you for free tomorrow, maybe even today. And that is so much of their success. Faster sells a lot. Unfortunately, some things just aren't going to be that faster. Let's look at endurance. It takes years to build a really, like, to build your best in aerobic base is going to take you years. To get really strong is going to take years. To, like, come to peace with past traumas, let's look like a psychological thing. It's going to take years. Like, sure, with a good process, with a little bit of help, you can make them faster. You can avoid speed bumps along the ways. Some of the things that like really set you back are more along the lines of like, let's look at training. You're you're lifting and you're getting a getting a heavier squat and you're seeing progress and then you get hurt. So you have to just take a step back and recover and then like you're basically starting not from square one, but you're starting from maybe half of the space to where you were initially or where you ended up, right? So like if we look at 
training for running the same deal like people often get injured and they have to take time off and they have to spend half as much time as they spent really building their initial base to get back to where they ended up and if we like have a good process we can avoid a lot of those setbacks we can avoid a lot of those problems and that's how you can make them faster but you're also not going to get most people are not going to get to like your best 100 miler overnight just not even those that are like genetically predispositioned to it and like have a talent for it and just love the process it took years it took years to get their best hundred might run a hundred quickly but if we dive into the like background of them they've been running for a long time they've been fit for a long time they've been doing something none of these things are an overnight process and yes we can make them faster but if you want to have like long-term success you have to love the process something like running your best hundred just isn't a like goal to check off your list getting fit isn't like a goal to check off your list it is the result of a process that you probably have some affinity for or else you just wouldn't put in the work to get to where you're trying to go so that is the secret to long-term running success it is to find the process that you don't hate hopefully love to actually get you to the goal that you like want to get it is not sexy it's not a hack it's not a quick fix it is just find the process that you like hopefully more than like to get you to the end goal that you want to want to achieve right short one today i hope this was helpful to some of you if you have any questions pop them in i'll be happy to answer them tomorrow in a follow-up hope you have a really good night i'm gonna go hang out with my dog and eat some food. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Trail and Ultra Running Training Podcast. Honestly, I'm still surprised and honored that anybody wants to hear what I have to say, so thank you. To be clear, not a doctor, nor a registered dietitian, or any other kind of medical professional. I'm a personal trainer, a nutrition coach, and a running coach, and I have a passion for training trail runners. You should always speak with a qualified medical professional before making any changes to your training or nutrition program. If you enjoyed the podcast or found it helpful, please take a second to leave a rating or review. I'd really appreciate it. Or you could just share it with someone for whom you think it might be helpful. I make these kinds of things in order to provide more quality, free resources to people. So the more people who hear it, the better. If you want more of this information, please head to the Trail and Ultra Running Training Group on Facebook, where we discuss all aspects of training so you can have more fun doing the sport that you love. Thank you again for listening.